recorded live in Golden Ox Studios. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show. This is a podcast about bombing because everyone does it. This episode is brought to you in part by DelightCafe.com. Calm and balanced. Hemp CBD dietary supplement. Has all the natural properties without the high of feeling of THC. I use it all the time, so I'm so calm. And as you see me early without my CBD supplement, I put it in my coffee on some mornings. I've even mixed it, mixed it with ketchup and ate fries with it. Uh, great feeling without the high of marijuana or THC. Go to delightcafe.com and also save 10% by entering the promo code BRUTON. B-R-U-T-O-N. My last name is the promo code. B-R-U-T-O-N for 10% off at delightcafe.com. Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to silentfortuneapparel.com. It's a new streetwear brand I've been rocking. Uh, They have sweatshirts and hoodies I wear a lot. And they have t-shirts available on the website, silentfortuneapparel.com. The brand is dope as hell. Uh, It stands for Silent Hustle and Quiet Grind. That's Silent Fortune. Uh, Also follow them on Instagram, Silent Fortune Mafia. And SilentFortuneApparel.com gave me a promo code. It's Bruton. It's B-R-U-T-O-N. Enter that for 10% off on your purchase. Let you check out. Uh, Rock that new sweatshirt. Even tag me in it if you want. Or also tag Silent Fortune Mafia on Instagram. Um, You know, check them out. And now enjoy the show. On this episode of Friday Late Show, uh, quite possibly the best episode I've had. Um, I was happy to get this guest. The name is Rodney Perry. I've known him for a few years. Uh, it's just a great conversation to have. Every time we talk, he gives me some knowledge on something I didn't know. Like, <laughs> if I had any idea about something I thought I knew, he blows my mind every time we talk. So it's it really cool to talk to him. Plus, uh, he just had a stroke maybe three years ago, and he just was battling uh, corona. So he's a survivor like no other. It was really a pleasure to talk to him. So I hope you enjoy this episode like I did. I think I started this in November. No, not November. I, think I started this in maybe January. So, what does it live mostly? iTunes with most of your your audience. Uh, uh, now I put them on Spotify. I just put them up recently, uh, Father's Day weekend. But I was trying to get enough of them, and just to, I want to have comics that people want to hear. Like right, right. local comics are cool, but it was just like I talked to uh, Mia Jackson. That was fun. Oh yeah, she's dope. Yeah, we had brought you up. Um, Ali won't do it because he won't talk about bombing. <laughs> I try to ask Ali Sadiq to do it. He's like, I'm not going to talk about fucking bombing on the podcast. Like, all right, man. I'm, all right. I get it. I hope right. I get it. I mean, just talk to him. He's an interesting dude. You know, I mean, you don't have to talk well, about Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, working with him since October. So I, used to do, I did all the flyers for the uh, Corona Comedy Club thing. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, I've been trying to just, I, I was living by Carrie. No, Ali, Ali be, you know, he, he won't tell you who he using. <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny. Oh. <laughs> he looked at I'm gonna yeah, get, yeah. get my guy. You know, I'm gonna do my damn. I'm like, all right, I'll, whatever. Oh yeah. I thought it, it was a great idea. Came. 
Yeah, I thought. Yeah, was I was. Uh, I was surprised he cared to even do it because uh, he knew everybody. I'm like, man, if I had your plate, if I had your phone book, man, I would be. Because yeah. I remember y'all had a story I thought was funny. Y'all was talking back and forth, and he had one with Roy Wood Jr. He had two with Roy Wood. One was just them on, off the cuff on Instagram. The other one was them actually doing it for Comedy Central. Oh, right. and it was like just he got contact to everybody. Yeah, you. You know, I mean, half the game is is being respected. You know. But people want to talk to you, you know. Kyle was talking about uh, how I saw you in Columbus years ago. You might not remember this. You were outside smoking a, c- a cigar, and we just started talking about. And you told me about how Periscope was going to be the next thing. Mm-hmm. I've been telling everybody you saw this new live video shit coming. I tell everybody, you know, Rodney Perry knew. Rodney Perry was on it. He told me about Periscope. I'm like, Periscope? Now Instagram Live is just Periscope. I say, this this guy knew. He knew. I mean, they just, they just Somehow really, they hijacked Periscope because Periscope was way ahead of, and Periscope was even doper because Periscope gave you access to the world. Like, mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram kind of aggregates who you can talk to. But if you, oh, you can, you can open up a Periscope right now and you'll literally have access or people have access to you. You know, if they're on at that time and they're alive, they can, they can see you, you know, Facebook and Instagram don't really allow you to do that. They, they kind of, they kind of funnel people towards you. Yeah. It's only in a, you know, it's like a community based thing. So if I follow you, I can see this, but if, uh, if I don't follow somebody, I miss that information. I miss that conversation is, mm-hmm. it is limiting. I mean, the catch-22 about being a visionary is you're usually you're way out ahead. So the idea is that you got to stay the course when it gets boring, you know, because mm-hmm. it will you'll be excited like, oh, Paris goes, Paris goes, then it'll get boring. You'll be like, man, it's just stupid. And <laughs> and you'll stop and the whole world will go, oh, Paris goes. <laughs> you'll be like, I was doing that shit two years ago. I had to have been. That's why I started doing. Uh, uh, I started a website, uh, Make Them Laugh TV, where I figured uh, stream and mostly white comics. There was this website called All Things Comedy, and there was no black version yeah, of I, that. I, I was black comics. You know, that, they, uh, what, uh, Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr, and uh, I think uh, what's name is in, involved in that too. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. Um, anyway, it don't matter. Oh yeah, I, just, I was like, "Damn, we need." Oh. No, not sh- I'm like, we we just need another outlet because when people talk about black comedy, they try to act like black comedy is less than. Sometimes they give it an asterisk when they talk about it. Some people do not like, not majority. I mean, black, but the best that do it are black. Yes, I mean, yes. you know, now what happens is the people that aren't at the top of the food chain tend to get more looks at television and, and, you know, stuff, you know, you know, so like people talk about Netflix and what Monique said about Netflix. Well, in my opinion, it's still true. I mean, are there blacks on Netflix? Yeah. But only the people at the top of the food chain, like there are no, there are no middle range unknown comics with Netflix original specials. Yeah, like Deion Cole was the most recent guy they really tried to give a chance. And like, he's just ventured into the he he's on the bottom of the top of the food chain. He's on yeah. television. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's a killer. Like he's he's got Conan credits, uh writing credits with Andy Tribeca. He's got a TV show for every five years. He got a show he's doing. 
Yeah, he and, and and he's essentially mainstream. So I don't think it's deliberate or racial. I think it's just that you're just not on their radar, you know. Yeah. And so unless you actively consume black comedy, and you got to think our peers that are white could go a whole career and never work for a black crowd. Yeah. Never. Yeah. You we don't have that luxury. I, you know, any given night, it could be all white. It could be 50%, 60%, 70%. And so we have to understand sensibilities and, and understand code switching and things like that to even be able to communicate, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting, man. Yeah, the context is definitely, it changes, I realize, because especially being here in Cleveland, the Cleveland Improv is nothing like hilarities. No. And I make it a... Cleveland a, Improv is a black club. Oh, yeah. And Hilarities is a white club. You you've been there both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, thank you again for coming to the birthday show. That was that, that was dope. That, that was that was dope, favorite. man. And you know, I, I'm just a comic, man. I, I you know, if there's a stage and I'm I got my two feet, they can walk on it. I want to be on it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and they told me it was your birthday. I was like, oh, it'd be cool to pop in on job, man. And uh, you know, we we've always been cool, so it was it was a cool pop in, man. Yeah, I still I still laugh at the. Uh, Fifteen hundred fucks, <laughs> dude. I I just got a. I, I'm I, I did the bit last night, and I kind of didn't have an ending. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you ever been on stage and you you like fuck yes, I finally got a fucking button for the very end of it. And so I'm I'm happy with that joke. It's crazy you're bringing it up. Yeah, I, mean, I told my boy about it yesterday. Cause I was excited about this. I told him I said, man, because he's at the, um she's at the show, and I was like, yeah, you remember fifteen hundred fuck joke? He like, man, what was? It? I'm like, if you only had fifteen hundred fucks. How would your last, like, he got to the end of it, the last two would be like, I'm like, if it was me, my last two, going, I'm paying for the last two. I'm going to give me a 24-year-old, and I'm going out on top. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. I riffed that. So, thank yeah, you I, was, I had to write that down. That's, oh, like, please. That's Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, that, I'm like, if I had, if I had a number my, 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 my fucks. Oh, my last two or three. I'm gonna. It's gonna be in my wheel. You gonna ball for You gonna you gonna rock, you gonna white, you gonna max out them last two. Oh yeah, I'm going out on some more. How much? I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> Money is not an object right now. <laughs> it's bigger You're things right. to worry about. Thank you very much, Derek. I do I appreciate it. <laughs> them last two. I'm paying for them. I'm gonna give uh, cash and get exact. I'm gonna get who I want now. But them first th- the first thousand was for practice. Now these last five hundred is playoffs. That man, come on! <laughs> I just like I, I think about that joke all the time. <laughs> like, Dude, I mean, you know, I mean, we we did we we live in an era. So here's the origin of the joke. You know, I'm sitting at home and I'm watching all these erectile dysfunction videos, commercials, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "Dude, this is obviously an issue because they got a commercial dedicated to it." And so I'm like, "Dude, I say maybe maybe the guy's not impotent. Maybe he's just out of fucks." And that was just the origin of the idea. And so then you go, then you start what ifing. Well, if if you what if you knew exactly how many fucks you had for life? It would change everything. I mean, as it stands now, we operate like we got unlimited fucks, but the reality is it might be a finite number. And so as you're as you're going through the, the comedy, you know, of it and and putting all the what ifs, well, okay, then now you can't be too frugal. Because if you save too many fucks, you don't want to be on your deathbed with 600 fucks on the books, you know? <laughs> and so I went down a road last night. I was like, and then 
you know, maybe you could will the fuck. So you got two or three mm. sons, like, you know, to my oh. eldest son, I bequeath <laughs> 150 fucks. And and, uh, and so I went, I go, I went through that. And then, and then the, the, the button that I came up with was like, you know, and uh, if for some reason I pull through, I'm going to need them back. <laughs> That's even a way you can, like, you've seen that movie uh, In Time with Justin Timberlake. It was a uh-huh. weird, where they had like the counter on their wrist. Wow. Imagine if your girl could count your fucks. Like, hey, my nigga, you, hey, you, you left here. With, you left here. Wow. Wow. That's like, how was your week? Like, uh, you come back from, well, not you come back from the road, but if I came back from the road, my girl could check my fucks and I'm three short. Woo-hoo. I got like, it was a biking accident or some wild shit. <laughs> no. And, and then I already go through like a, 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 you know, masturbation is like a quarter fuck. So, you can always explain it away that way. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about me, my boy is talking about. He's like, I was, just, I was so happy. I'm like, this joke was so. I think about that joke all the time. Wow. I, wow. I said, man, he like, you mean so that's like nuts? I'm like, nah, fucks. Like nuts is because I, I, re- I didn't remember the, the if nuts was like, yeah, because uh, 1500 nuts I, is. I, you know, I don't think I ever really explained that. You know, is it actual ejaculations? Is it the act of fucking? You know, I mean, I guess you kind of leave it to the imagination for whoever is listening is, is making <laughs> is, is making that decision, you know. And favorite so, joke I mean, of all time. That's my favorite. Like, I, I only have, like, that's that's my top five. Wow, one of my, I'll top take five that. Jokes. Wow, that's a big yeah, deal. I literally, got, I got, you know, my girlfriend's pregnant now. So I laugh, I, I laugh about, that was a good fuck right there. Like, I stuck the landing on that one. Right, I, I knew. killed that. I killed that. Yeah, I'm like, yep, yep. Because she's like, I'm pregnant. I said, oh, I know. You're you damn right you are. I knew, I knew when I, I knew I, that game. I knew it. Yeah, I, that's I, I just got that part. But I'm like, that fuck joke was that fuck joke that sees you playing with the because I think about all my best fucks, like, but not like the people, just like my performances. Yes, it's, it's, like a highlight reel. <laughs> you got a, a, a highlight reel, dude. I, I like, man, I think about that. I'm like, that motherfucking joke is so great. I said, man. I got to think about all my best fucks, and I'm like, the one I can see my first child. That's gonna be the first. I gotta say that one. But like, what were my highlight fucks? And I'm like, that one time I was in my first road fuck. Uh, uh, that was a good one. I got to say about that one. Like, yeah, I was so funny. She gave me some pussy for it. Like, that's amazing. You don't know how that yeah. feels to be a comedian. That is that is the best. That's one of the top fucks right there. It really. Uh, prom night uh, in a hotel. Uh, my first you hotel. Know, you, can take, you can take prom night prom night off of me. I was it was my first hotel fuck. It was my first time. Ah, fucking yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was like, I never looked out the window. You ain't never looked out the window before. Yeah, like you wake up, you like look at that that view. I ain't, I, I've never seen a view. Like I got posters in my room. <laughs> so I'm just like, my top five fucks. I'm like, that shit came from that birth. That seed planted with that goddamn fifteen hundred fucks. I, I, how many, I forgot how many it was, but you know, like, it's, it's dope how you blend concepts too. Like, you know, I always say that every man's life boils down to two or three good summers. You know, <laughs> like you you know when you talk to a dude. And you're like, Nick, so when, when was you your dopest? He going to have his that, that summer where he had a lot of pussy. Like, man, was the nigga spring, like summer 88? Yeah. Woo! Me and my cousin talk about summer 09. Summer 09. 09, that was your year. That was your that was year. My, that was my year. Yeah. <laughs> it ended with me having to get a shot. Uh, I got, I got, I was living too, <laughs> I was too loose. I had to take called, two pills. You did so good, ass. you called a disease. <laughs> I got a shot in the ass. And it was a Kanye lyric where it's like, uh, he has had a lyric about um, he had to let it burn. And I'm like, my, I got called Kanye that whole that whole year. 
my cousin kept saying, "What up, Kanye?" I'm like, "I like nigga. Oh, Usher." <laughs> yeah, but Usher. Then when Usher shit happened, it's like, thank God he didn't call me Usher. That shit. Yeah, that his, his rumor was a little heavier. <laughs> oh, my boy, this is a, the podcast is about bombing. It's called Friday Late Show. Uh, we probably gonna keep all of this because it's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, are we going? I think we're going. So. Oh yeah, I like to start it like that. I don't like to do the that formal. It's not fun that way. It's, Hearing comics talk about bombing. I'm fun. It's all everything is fun. Everything we do is fun. Like I man, you've had a career that I've been a fan of. Like I, I was like when the stroke happened, that shit hit everybody hard. Right. Just because everybody, I think anybody who meets you is like, man, that motherfucker. He's the coolest dude in the world. Cause I was uh, when I talked to uh, Mia Jackson about you, I'm like, yeah, I was so happy to be in Atlanta. And I hit up Rodney to come see me perform. And I bombed so bad that the drummer played me off. And Rodney, like, man, here, you can have a drink, man. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. I ain't the best. I ain't the best of us. <laughs> this shit just happened to me. <laughs> I got to still be here. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, I don't even remember. The, the thing about the bomb is most people ain't even going to remember. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah, it just. But, like, but have you had this? You always meet a guy that fucking remembers that was there. Like, I, I like I, I bombed years ago, like a monumental bomb, right? And from time to time, I have a random person walk up to me, Rodney Perry, man, I'm a big fan, dude. I've been following you a long time. And I was there that night, you bombed. <laughs> like, yeah, especially here. Uh, I did one in uh, in Cleveland, like 700 people. My first six months of comedy, uh, Melvin Bender was there and Mike... Uh, there's another dude. I keep forgetting both names. It was April first. It was a show on April first. April Fool's Day. Yeah, I went and I was supposed to do five minutes. No, ten minutes. He said, you, you got ten. I'm like, yeah, I got ten. I what? didn't. I had two. Uh, it was so bad. It was older room. An old man put his cane. He had his cane in front of him. He put his cane on the back of his chair so he can get his, his his arm room ready to do the to do the Apollo. Get the fuck off stage swing. I'm like, shit. I remember that man's face. I was like, man, I want to, I want to look for your face in the goddamn obituary, oh, you bastard. Yo, ass one day. <laughs> that was like my favorite bomb. I, because I, I realized that bombing's only embarrassment. Once you get past that, you don't have a fear in the world. I mean, you don't want to make a habit of it, of course. No. Uh, but I mean, it's like anything else. It, it's, it's part of the maturation process. You know, it's, it's learning about yourself. You know, like what gets me is comics that claim they ain't never bombed. Like yeah, it was amazing. I'm like, dude, it, just because you got off stage before they booed your ass off, don't mean you didn't bomb. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm a firm believer that some cats just don't hear. You know, they're so oblivious to the to the moment that they can't even hear people fucking not laughing. People's disdain <laughs> for what they're doing. So, but I mean, my my bomb is also a, a story of triumph so um i was in the navy from 1990 to 1998 as as 1998 was approaching i knew i was going to get out and so uh you know i was actively thinking about getting we was all in. We was all in the same talent pool, and uh, and I was one of the people at the top of that food chain. And so I had been killing in the bay, 
And so I get uh, uh, one of the ladies that used to book shows. She said, Rodney, I know the folks at, at uh, Fat Tuesday. I can get you a set. I'm like, get it, make it, get do that. Going down to L.A. And it was maybe my only my second time in L.A. at that point. So uh, I had been down in Inglewood doing some shows, but this was Hollywood. So I go to L.A. My aunt was living there. Uh, I'm on the floor. Me and my wife, we in L.A. We sleeping on the floor of my aunt's apartment. My aunt is dating a guy that owns a limo company. Okay. So they find out I'm doing uh, Fat Tuesday. So he's like, I'm pulling out the limo ride. We're going to go down there. It's going to be crazy, baby. You know? And so now I'm going to Hollywood in a limo. Now, mind you, I'm still in the military at this point. Mm. So um, I got I got all the stuff a military dude have. You know, my, my hair is, you know, you know, I'm military. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you try to dress like a civilian, but you're not a civilian yet. You, you still look, even in your civilian clothes, you look like a military, young military dude. So I, uh, we head out to the venue that night. Now it's, it's not just us. It's not, it's my aunt, her boyfriend and me and my wife, that's four people and maybe six other people in limousine. And, you know, so now I got to ride to the club with all that energy. Hey, my nigga. Hey, my nigga. Uh, I hope your ass funny, man. I hope your motherfucking ass funny, man. Because, nigga, it's going to be goddamn. I hope you know, I got to deal with that. I'm riding strangers. I'm also in my head because I'm a military guy. So the it, I'm, they told me the show started at 8. I want to be there at 730. We get there at 9. I'm stressing, ah, but yeah. it's a good black room. It don't start tonight. <laughs> Doors I'm, open at eight officially. I'm in my head about that. So I get there and my homegirl talked me up so dope that I'm not opening the show. I'm not the second guy. They might put up five comments that night. I'm going right in front of the, the headliner. Mark Curry was headliner. I remember. So I'm 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 like, we heard about you, dog. Go kill it. I'm that I'm in that spot. So long story short, I, I'm stressing. I'm thinking I'm late. I'm not late. Da 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 da. Guy Tory, who's the host, he bring me up like that first the five heartbeat intro. The horrible. This next comic said he. This, he said he better than Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Uh, I wrote in the one. We shall see. He brought me up like that. Oh shit! That's fucking horrible <laughs> intro. So me. Oh, it was horrible. You know, bad intro. So I go up, and the worst thing you could be as a comedian is afraid, and I'm scared. Like it's like I'm sticking my toe in a in a piranha infested water. I'm on stage, John, no bullshit, 30, 45 seconds. <laughs> I start getting booed. I, if, as I'm seeing it in my mind's eye, I can still see the guy. He stood up. It's all black people, 350 black people. A white dude stood up and starts booing me. Boo! The fuck, man, boo this guy. The thing about the boo, this ain't no regular bomb. This ain't silence. This ain't, this is energy. So you could fight energy. 
So I'm like, okay, boo. And I, I try to hit him with a little snap. Nothing. But now uh, the boo is like wildfire. It, it, it jumps. You know, you know, fire can jump a highway. So it jumped, and now it's bull. There's a bull over there. It's a bull over there, and now I can't retaliate. Long story short, guy toy comes back out. The uh, comedy store has these sheer curtains. He comes back out. He's like, man. He said, dog, hold on, bro. He walked next to me. Say, dude, I can't let you. I can't let you talk about my audience like that, man. That's it for you, man. Oh shit. I'm like, yo, man. Fuck. I put my head down, walk back between the sheer curtain, and now I'm standing there. I can see through the curtains. Guy Tory is killing me. John, Guy Tory is like, yo, I hope that nigga didn't, I hope, <laughs> I hope that nigga didn't fly out here because he don't be able, he ain't gonna be able to get back on the plane with them bombs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I remember this shit like it was yesterday, John. So he killed me. And he's up here with that goddamn Bimberine jacket on. Oh. Who the fuck? This nigga just did. But then, so meanwhile, my wife is there. So this is traumatic. She could see it. She's like, yo, I, I can see my wife in the back of the room going, be, you know, behind the audience, you know, navigating her way. Uh, she get to security. She can't get backstage. And she's like, let me backstage. So she get backstage, and my wife ends up right next to me. She's like, you all right? I'm shell-shocked. I'm just looking. I ain't come here for this. She was like, you okay? I'm like, I'm all right, man. Fuck. That's dope, though. That is dope that she did that. So, simultaneously, Guy Tori is still killing me. Somebody in the audience go, but he didn't get a chance. Somebody else said he wasn't up there but 45 seconds. Guy Tori's like, hold on. Y'all want to see him again? They're like, yeah, bring him back. Guy Terry walks back, opens the curtain. I'm still standing there. <laughs> I tell my wife, step back, step back. I come back out. We have a little banter on stage. Man, what happened? Man, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, well, you want to try it again? I was like, yeah. Man, I ain't, I ain't here for no fucking bomb. He's like, well, all right, well, I'm going to introduce you. This time, he said, probably that fucking Ben Marine ass jacket you got on. Take that fucking jacket Took off. Took it off. He's like, all right, buddy, you ready? He's like, he brought me up. Ladies and gentlemen, come to the stage. You already seen this guy. He come to redeem himself. Put your hands together. Show love Chicago, Illinois. Roddy Berry. <sighs> now I'm making a mental edit as I'm walking to the mic. I'm like, whatever I was starting on was bullshit. <laughs> what, what do I know is going to work? I go to my clothes. I don't even remember what I was closing on at that point. But I'm going immediately to my closer. Yeah. My closer always gets a laugh. So I do the closer. I probably, if I'm honest, John, on a scale of one to ten, I might have got a six or seven. You know, out of the joke. But you was at a negative two when you think about I it. I was at I was at a negative ten. Fair enough. So <laughs> I take a deep breath. I said, I say, I said to y'all, I said, man, I think that's all I'm gonna get out of y'all tonight. My name is Rodney Perry. I walked off that stage. I knew a few things. I, I knew if I hadn't made a decision about getting out of the Navy, I made it in that moment. You know, 
And I also made a decision that I was going to be moving to L.A. Because I just felt like although the Bay Area was a good talent pool, it didn't have the same stakes. And I needed to immerse myself in in that that thing. And uh, shortly after, maybe two months after, I was living in L.A., you know. And um, it was it was a it was a um, you know it was a monumental bomb, but it it was also the moment that would set the rest of my the the next ten years of my career down a path. But I think everybody needs that motivation. Something has to keep you in this shit because I've I had bombs where I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Then it's like, nah, just oh, me too. oh yeah. I got oh oh I ain't got one bomb story. <laughs> <laughs> I so so when I first joined the Navy, so I'm in the Navy. I finally get to my first duty station, which is New Orleans, Louisiana, and I have been already doing comedy. So when I get to New Orleans, I'm on short duty. I'm looking for a stage. I didn't find no comedy clubs, but what I did find is a gong show. Mm. So I went and did a gong show. And when I tell you, John, them motherfuckers gong me, them motherfuckers, they wouldn't pick, they had a, they had a big ass gong, the stick and everything. Oof. They gonged this shit out of me. And I remember, I remember it because I didn't leave, you know, like after the, after they gonged me, I just remember sitting there kind of shell shocked and a dude walked up to me. He's like, he's like, just kind of passing by. He's like, Hey, did you, uh, you still here? <laughs> Most people be gone. Mm. So <laughs> that was tough. But, but, uh, back to the first story. What, uh, so Guy Tory was the host, but Joe Tory told me this years later. He's like, Rodney, you know what, what, what was impressive about that night for me? He said, dude, I seen a lot of people bomb on that stage. And when we would go back and look behind that curtain, they would be gone. He said, you were one of maybe one or two people that was still there and came back out. And so he said, man, that was always impressive to me. And I was like, yo, I was like, yeah. you remember that? He's like, man, I, I was there. I saw that shit. You bombed bad, but your ass came back. So, yeah. You can't leave. I mean, now you can, but leaving is worse. I made more friends when I did Catch Cafe. Uh, Clayton English was there and LeVar Walker. And I, Mar- Mallard, uh, uh, Marlon Ballard introduced me to all these guys after my bomb. He still said, oh, yeah, man, don't worry about it. You know, the, D- the drummer's an asshole. It's one of them nights. And it's like, don't worry. It's going to be a nigga going to bomb worse than you in a minute. And then he's talking about the comic. Yeah. It's like, don't worry. Like, your shit, don't worry. Somebody always catch that L. I'm like, oh. And he introduced me to people, and I got to talk to these other comics. And it's like, damn, okay. If I'd have left, it'd have probably been worse. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm glad I stayed because it's like, oh, I met so many, like, it was that night was like, wow, these, these motherfuckers just be coming out here. I don't really want to stay. Still, Cats is one of my favorite places to work out. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to stay in Cleveland. I mean, I, I'm still, I live here, but I'm like, I can't just do, I can't just do this here. I got to get out here and see where I really, where I stand at comedy. I'd rather find out than just be the coolest local. That's just local joker where I used to always make the term. <laughs> right. But, but that's, I get a that's a t-shirt, local joker. Cause some, I mean, some cities have a great scene where it's like, yeah, this is where you really cut your teeth. Other places like Ohio's very, uh, they're very almost arrogant on their comedy uh, talent. Cause like, now this is my opinion on Ohio. Ohio might be the best state 
in the world for comedy because y'all literally have more comedy club per capita than any other state. Like you can, you can literally get 20 weeks out of your year in Ohio. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, can, you can get enough. State That's to Columbus to Cincinnati to, you know, you, you know, got really, some Pittsburgh's two hours from Cleveland to the right. Uh, easy, easy. easy. Yeah. Roy Wood Jr. told me that. I work with Roy Wood Jr. in Hilarities, and I was feeling in the dumps, feeling like I should be doing more, and I just told him, I, you know, I've been a fan of guys, so I ask questions. I mean, you can't get better without talking to, there's no book for this shit, so you got to talk to the actual source. Yes, sir. He told me he would do a one, he would do four hours and six hour drives one way for a show. He said, being in the Midwest, if you did a six hour circle around the map, all those fucking clubs, you, you got Chicago six hours. Buffalo has a helium three hours from here. Uh, Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania has two clubs. I mean, it's clubs. It ain't, you might not have heard of them, but they, they're clubs. They out there and, and yeah. they'll put you up. Yeah, Youngstown has a club. Youngstown got, had two clubs for a moment. It's like, you're going to find some work and it's different crowds. And being black, you have to do those Midwestern, might see a couple red hats and just- Hey, buddy, God damn, damn, buddy. Come on, buddy. Come on, God dang it. I did check my ego one time because a guy, I, did, I didn't want to say the N-word in front of white people one night. And a dude, a white guy, older white guy, walked to me after the show. was done. Oh, you were really funny. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you was kind of holding back, man. Feel free to nigger it up. I'm like, I'm outnumbered like fuck. I can't respond properly, but I'm like, nigger hey, man. He said, nigger it up to my face. And I'm like, God, it was in West Virginia. <laughs> I said, damn, bro. Like, I, I didn't even announce. I don't, I'm not saying nigger. I didn't even say it to them. They just, I'm like, ugh. Now, now, I I'm, I'm I do that deliberately. I do not use the word nigga in mixed company. Mm-hmm. Although the world is gonna see this and hear it, but yeah, but it's too it's us talking. Jeremy is listening, but, so you know, Jeremy don't listen. <laughs> I just I it, it, when he said it to me, it made me realize that you can control what you say, but you can't control how it's received. You can't control how it's received. And I had a really like, and even my reaction. I, I've heard it before. I just never heard somebody say it so casual to me. Like, come on, buddy, you could have niggered it up. Yeah, like, go ahead, be a coon, <laughs> dance for me. I'm like, you like that shit. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even. In my head, I'm like, nah, that was my act, man. That's how I talk. I don't really use the word, man. And I'm like, it ain't, I ain't about to fight this man over that. He just, he wanted to see that tonight, and I get it. This, ain't, ain't, this ain't the time to have that fight. Mm, no, I'm outnumbered. I'm in Rome. When in Rome, he ain't. Well, he, I wasn't about to be like, haha, you, you right. With a Kool-Aid and some fried chicken for your nigga. No, it's like, hey man, I'm, you know, that's not really my game. I right. kept it respectful. He kept it, he, he was just being casual. When I get he was, he didn't know me. He was as comfortable as he could be in that environment. But I'm like, man. He was at home and you was visiting. And it's like, fuck. All right. Oh, well, I don't I said, and every for since then I've been saying, that, can't be, though, about every what show I do, do, you don't know what you would do until you face with the situation. Yeah. Cause ain't what I'm gonna do. Say that, ain't nobody gonna call me. Really? All right, be the only one and drive four hours, nigga. <laughs> like you be a nigga for four hour drive in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, and I was staying in a motel too. Where you, just, you know, I, Outdoor, I paid, yeah, the, 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 the by a door. truck stop. Oh my god, I hate motels. Bob, that's why I, I told Ali, I love you. First weekend, I'm like, man, I love you, man. We got to stay in Nashville, this nice ass hotel. They gave me beer and candy. I said, this is this comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> My 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 thing like that. So I uh one of the first tours I went, well, I worked with Lopez early on in my career. That's dope. I did a tour with Cedric after the Kings. So after the Kings of Comedy, Ooh. Cedric had the Bud Light commercials. 
And so he had the Bud Light Comedy Tour. So we would fly into one city, tour bus to the next city, and then fly out of that city. Dude, what I always give Cedric credit for is he showed us the possibilities. Like you say, like we stayed in all five-star hotels. Mm-hmm. We stayed in on some resort hotels. Like, dude, like they would have a sedan pick you up at your house to take you to the airport to get on the plane. You know, and then when you got on the ground in the city, it was all you travel with said. So if he was in a limo, you was in a limo. Like, dude, we got to really, like, it exposed us to the possibility and what you could eventually see. You know, like, part of life is having a picture of what you want to even ask for, ask God for. And and I saw a lot of that through Cedric, man. And, and still, still is my mentor, like, even now, like, I call him sometimes and, you know, just, you know, bend his ear on stuff. Yeah, that, that's what I like about comedy, too. It's, it's a, you become family to people. Like, the mentors you get could be guys your age as they have experiences that you have no idea about. And I think, because uh, then you realize, no, everybody bombs. That's why I started, like, the podcast. is like, everybody had a good story about a bad show. Like, I've heard guys just tell, they just trade stories. I'm like, why don't we... Just why don't just have this everywhere? Like at least not everywhere. Like just have it where the comments can learn from it. Because that's why I, I learn more from failures than I do from successes. Right. Like, if every joke works on the set, I'm like, well, that's not nothing. I didn't piss anybody off a little bit. Okay, let me. I gotta try hard. I gotta you get. Don't it. Wanna, you don't want. You don't want to. You don't want doing bad to be a, a oh, no. litmus test either, though. You oh, know. No. Yeah, I mean, like you've been doing it long enough for you to go do a set and not have no bad moments. Yeah, but sometimes you know I, mean? I, do a, I do a concept. I'm like, I want to get a, a reaction and not a laugh. But I'm like, I'm already, I put that joke so late in my set, they love everything I'm saying. So I'm like, oh, if I keep that joke there, it's going to work because they already like me as opposed to opening up with some shit that's kind of like, who is this dude saying right. this to me? And, and, I'm and like, sometimes okay. you want to you dig yourself out of some stuff. You might want to put it early just to play with it. You yeah, know, open like, mics and stuff like that. Like, not a real, not like comedy club shows, unless it's like a showcase or a guest set. But if it's like an actual show, I don't really want to, I don't want to play around. But I like to know what I can do before I get there. Like, I don't want to discover I got a joke on stage without having any type of safety net or plan to get out of it a little bit. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I like to freestyle. I can't, if I freestyle, it's because I'm going to bail out later. Really? I, 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 I operate without a net all the time. Mm, I, uh, yeah, I used to a lot. You got to You got to that, that prepares you for the inevitable. Like you're, you're going to be there, you know? And so if you, if you know, like, like, like the Navy SEALs and shit, or people that paratroopers that jump out of planes, they, they, they simulate the, the anxiety and the fear way ahead of that. So you got to you got to also simulate what because what you don't know is how, okay here goes the first thing that leaves you is confidence right like like that that's why I'm a firm believer of having good material because material stand in the face of of when your confidence leaves right so confidence is important it's part of your bravado it's part of your swag the moment confidence go have a seat and confidence is going to have a seat. Confidence oh, yeah. like, I don't like this. I'm going over here till you get your mind together. Confidence is going to sit down. But if the, the joke 
if the joke makes sense and work and very well written, then the joke can stand on its own without confidence. Mm. So when you're when you're failing, which we all fail, that's the bomb. We're failing. The first thing that fucking bounce is confidence. So now you're on stage with no confidence. Now you, you, the, you're susceptible to the guy to stand up over there and go, boo, motherfucker, because he don't feel you. Yeah. It ain't what you're saying. It's nigga, how the fuck you gonna sell me a joke and you don't believe it? Ooh, like, if you true. examine the bomb, the bomb is less about the words you were saying and more about your vibe at that moment, right? And so if, 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 you're, gonna, if you're gonna have a podcast about bombing, you gotta look at the, the anatomy of the bomb. Like, what creates the bomb? It's it's um it's so many things. It's 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 shit on your mind. It's you know the conversation with your girl that day. It's you know it's not being focused. It's ill. It's being ill prepared. You know, like it's 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 going into a joke and not really having complete confidence in it. And so, um, I I'm a firm believer in creating that the the storm that's the bomb and working my way out of it. Yeah, because you ever uh, met Vince Morris? Yeah, I, I love Vince. Oh, Vince, uh, I was uh, working with Ali, and the club didn't, they had booked a feature already, and they wouldn't budge, so they made me MC. And I had a little attitude, uh, a little chip on my shoulder, so I ain't really care. I was more some old fuck this shit. And I had a, just a, that bad attitude, first set Friday, and which is the best show here in Ohio. Like those those first Friday shows oh, yeah. are always fun. I ate you it. Ain't drunk, you know the Bro, drunk people yeah. coming in on late show. I fucked up. Vince pulled me aside, <laughs> like he said, "Man, like John, what the fuck was that?" I said, "Man, I, you know they said, like, nah, man, you you wasting people's time." I said, wow. "Yeah." He said, "Man, you arrogant as fuck on stage. Why are you not doing that?" And he, he told me like little things I started, but I wouldn't finish. Like you started a joke here. I'm like, you going I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's different. And you didn't, we wrote like more of my jokes then in the back. Next show, I gave a fuck. And like, man, I didn't want even, I didn't want to have anything against the feature. I wasn't trying to mess this shit up or nothing. Cool dude, Matthew's from Kentucky named Joe Deuce. It wasn't even about him. I just didn't care about, I was, I wanted the money. Yeah. And, and I wanted and that spot. And you felt some type of way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I just had to do my set better. I actually did my set and actually did it for the rest of the weekend to the point that helped my feature set because now I had more material and it was more. Since I was starting the show off, I'd have had that cushion of feature. Mm. So I learned how to not be a uh not get in my head and it just worked. The jokes didn't really change, except they got better from me. Me mm. half-assing it made me focus more to never waste time on stage again. So if, if, if there's a lesson learned, that's a win. Oh, yeah. Every time I bomb, I like to learn why I bombed. Uh I had one with my girlfriend at the time was at the show. It was a comedy festival, and she was a teacher. And she was great in papers during my set. The the anger I had, I forgot my jokes. I was up there and it's like, I knew these, these were like back and forth. I was already emceeing that improv and I knew this, this bullshit ass five minutes. I had the five. Right, right, right. I was so distracted. How dare you? Oh, and the light, it was like the light was on her. And I was so, the light was, she was in the, I couldn't focus. I wanted to cuss her out, but I'm like, I can't even respond to her. Now, but I'm like, man, I don't want to oh, be hurt. So no like, <laughs> could you have addressed that moment or what you was going through in the set? Like, hey, I should have. I got it. That's my lady, and she up here grading papers. Am I that bad? <laughs> you know exactly. And, 
And to sometimes that's to me that's that's the answer. Sometimes is is to rest in reality. Because yeah, if you go up there, I don't like to go up there with too much of an ABC type of thing. Because mm-hmm. you, especially your first, to me, uh, Conan O'Brien said a cool thing where he said the first joke he always would say will be a joke everyone in the room gets. Then does his shit. So I, I started just focusing on going on stage, just greeting the people. We're all people, y'all. We just, hey, hi, it's an introduction. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to talk to a girl, I'm not going to just say, hey, man, you should have sex later. It's like, how are you doing? Uh, it might work. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's a, you, you're taking a chance off of more bravado and deli- um, and packaging versus the easier kill would be just five more minutes of conversation. I can get there. You know, we got all night. That attitude is better to have than uh, just knowing. So I'm like, I, I learned from that. I wasn't even mad at I was mad at her at the time, but I, I ended up learning that I needed that to learn that if something in the audience happens. So, so the day you break up with her, do you still remember that moment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it was part of the, it was part of the uh, last, this, the last you know, final. I want th- you to know why I'm leaving your bitch ass. Yeah. Like the final thought conversation that came up. <laughs> right. And remember that time you was like, grading the papers? In the- <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you, you don't care about my comedy career. You don't believe in me. Like that he type really, of shit. He didn't. She had no belief in you. Oh no. She, she, she like, I got, I got some time to kill. Let me grade these I got to grade these papers anyway. So. Oh my God, you brought the papers with you. Motherfucker. Like, why'd you have them with How dare you? But I've had, I'm trying to think. Mirage still my worst bomb. I did a show before Mirage Vance. I went right before him and I was doing more abrasive material and it was a, a hipster crowd, very liberal white uh, hipster crowd. And they checked out on me because of some words I, and I wouldn't even use like mean, derogatory hate speech, just. Some words, they just like, I don't like that word. And he just checked out on me. Oh, wow. Miranda did the same topics, just a stunt to show me that that shit's still going to work. After the show, they all saying, by the reminds you, great show. I'm sitting next to him. He stopped the guy and said, hey, man, tell John something nice before he kill himself. He did comedy too. Ah! Like, I want this nigga to die. Miranda Vance, you know, has a joke. He, I don't know. I don't think he really does. He still does it, but. It's 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 part of what I live by, right? Because I heard him say, and I thought it was just so powerful. He said, "My grandfather said, if you want a job, go in that business, start working. Eventually, they're gonna realize you're there." Yeah, I've seen, I heard that one before. And I just thought that shit was so powerful. And like, like my assistant I, that I have now, I hired her because she came on and just start working. And and uh, that that's a powerful thing. And I. I'm like, most, so many people wait for permission to do things or help you. And I'm always looking for people that just come on and become active in your life. And that's because I heard Maranzio say that so many years ago. I do that too sometimes. Uh, I hit a comic up like, hey man, you're going to be in town. I did a flyer for you. Just what's up? Get lunch. That's how I build relationships with people. I'm not on every show when somebody in town. But I'm like, hey man, if you need that's, something. That's super powerful for me. You do some shit like that for me, you're going you gonna to get some gigs from Rodney Perry. Because one time... Uh, you was coming to town, but I went on the show. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. I wasn't even, I think, you know what? I missed a text or a call from you or a DM from you already. And then somebody else got it. I'm like, damn, if I'd have known, I wasn't, I was fucking, and I was mad. I was fucking around with this girl. I'm like, man, I was bullshitting. It's bullshitting. And they, they told me that was going to happen to me one day. <laughs> Here it is. Miss the call, man. You know, because if I'm going to an area, I know, like, 
I don't like to I don't like to not pick a person, but I won't take a gig from a guy. Like yeah. if the club book a guy, I'm not gonna be like fuck that guy. I got a guy, but if I if I get to pick, I I use that because every comic don't get that. That's how I got with Ali. He uh, it was Columbus. He had to hit me up and he said, "You want to do Columbus?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Like <laughs> I, I ain't doing shit, but waiting for you to call. <laughs> Gotcha. Talk to him like a girl. I was just thinking about you. <laughs> right. And it worked out. I will say that. Like, I, people ask how that happened. I said, just don't fuck up. Like, he gave me a chance and I didn't fail yet. And he just, as long as I keep not fucking up, I think that's all it really is. Just, you know, don't fuck up. It's not, it's not hard. Comics are people. We're all people. You know, you want to be around a funny person. You know, hopefully it's somebody you like. If you headline you, you like them. But, but you know, I always say, too, is that it has a shelf life. Like, I, if you, you shouldn't be featuring for any one person for an extended period, like over two years. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I feel like if you're still around, the guy probably either don't respect you, you, you comedically, and he's trying to have an easy walk, he consider you as the easy walk ahead of him, or, or you need to fucking get better. Well, he don't have an easy walk no more. And so, you know, I'm I'm like, you know, and even like my brother featured for me for a number of years. And I love my brother working with me because he was just, he was so different than me. He really he was at the table. So great for me. But even that had to end, you know, because, you know, he got to develop and, and develop his own crowd, his own audience. I, I'm trying to think. I, I've asked a few guys to open up for him to feature and... Only one who ever said sure was him, was Ali. Uh, other guys, I work with them all the time. And it's like, they'll be in Cleveland or they'll be in Ohio to hit me up. But it's like, oh, you know, I, it's another club. I can get to there. I can get there, too. Oh, yeah, I, I'll keep you in mind. It's like Syracuse will come up. And they and, and it'll be a guy. I was more upset one time. Not, well, I was disappointed. A guy I asked to do a Syracuse weekend. And I didn't. he didn't respond back to me. Like, oh, I see. I look into it. But then the guy from Ohio got the gig. And I was on the phone with the guy talking to him about some other shit. He got the email when I'm on the phone with him. So I'm like, man, it was like two weeks out. So, you know, when you first start, every booker says, oh, we're booked up. Really? Y'all booked that shit the two weeks before or a week before. I've been getting phone calls for a weekend on Wednesday. I was like, hey, you free this weekend? Like, so I know when you get the, when you get the job, they, you see that that shit's just a brush. It's a polite brush off. Right. But you got to get that thick skin, too, because them polite brush offs don't stop. I mean... <laughs> Get your weight up. The, the the ball is always back in our court. You know, whether you headline and you want more money or you're a feature and you want more spots. It's always like, get famous, man. You get famous, all that shit go away. <laughs> That's so hard, though. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking, like, staying here is a motherfucker. Staying in Ohio and even in Cleveland, it's like you, you see the ceiling daily when you get to certain parts because... Everybody you've ever heard of from Cleveland is from Cleveland. They left. They didn't right. stay here and grind it out. So it's like, man. Bobby Halle Berry, let's go on and on and on. Oh, you got Arsenio, Dave. Dave Arnold's like the newest, uh, he got the newest spotlight in comedy. Right. It's like, he left here maybe 15 years ago. No, and, more, way more than that. Oh, 20, okay. 20. 20, Cause yeah. Because he, he wrote for a lot of guys. You're like, damn, man, he put that work in. It's like, well. You can't do it from here. I even talked to a guy from uh from LA and he was like, Yeah, man, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. If, I don't care what you write, if you're not coming out to LA with it, it doesn't matter. 
And I'm like, that's honest as fuck. He said, you got two months to give me. I'll, you know, if it's good stuff, I'll check it out then. But you can't give me two months in L.A. You just wrote the, you write, you wrote some really nice stuff for me. I don't but. know. I don't know if if that's as true now as it was years back. Because it was a writer's job. It was a social the, media is just. I mean, it it, do, it definitely helps to be on the ground in L.A., especially if you're a writer. But I mean, social media has created a bubble where you can kind of be wherever you are and still be viable. You know, I I think. I mean, I just. He broke it down like he said, because uh, all the writers in the room know each other. They're, if they're comics, they all they all work together. So they all like you got to know a guy to get the writer's room job. You don't really just be really funny because they got to oh, trust it, you. All hook up, everything. Is yeah. up. that's comedy in general. Like that's the one thing I like about it and hate about it is 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 maybe fifty 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 of what you know and how good you are, and then the other fifty percent is who you know, who you know. that cares because. <laughs> Not, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah, I've, I've I've talked to guys. It's like uh, I was uh, Michael Costa from the Daily Show. Uh, he's a cool dude. Who I just we worked together a couple times, and we just had conversations. And he still will respond to a text. Hey, Blue Moon. I'm like, this is okay. He's on. He just keep those contacts. You know, just to make sure. Like, right. it's not like you talk when you need somebody. Just say, hey, that's what I do now. Just hey, how you doing? And you this good? is what's dope. Everybody's got a shot. Like, so mm. as much as you want to preserve a relationship, they need to preserve that shit because you might take off. Mm. You know, like, it's not one-sided. So you don't want to be the one that fucking pissed off John Burden and John Burden take off next week. You're like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not spiteful, though. I'm not spiteful at all. I'm very much like, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, not spiteful. <laughs> to, to you motherfucking hit. You, you just ain't hit yet. It's gonna be the people you're not gonna fuck with because they was dickheads when you hit. Okay, that's true. There's one. There's one. There's At one least dude. one. There's one dude. I'm like that motherfucker. I don't like him at all. <laughs> I hate you. And um, you know, life is like that though. People, everybody, everything comes back around. Though. Oh man, I appreciate you so much for doing this. You, you definitely didn't piss me off. <laughs> not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you looked out. Plus, you looked out for people for the uh, the heart of the city thing, man. I was grateful you be involved in that. Help cats out here, man. Well, you know what, Joy Wells is my friend, longtime friend. You know, we was in the trenches together, and when he would start working on it, and you know, we would have conversations, and and he was like, you know, we going to Ohio. I'm like, what city? You know, I'm like, make sure you get this guy, this guy, this guy. You know what I'm saying? And and y'all had a unique situation because the guy that was their liaison was actively keeping certain people out of the situation. Ooh, I didn't... Well, that's another... After we stopped recording, because, <laughs> you know, I, I am grateful and happy that Rob... I don't was. know. I don't know him, so... Yeah, but I no. knew it was, like, your name wasn't in the mix. Uh, um, uh, What's my, my other homie out there? Nelson. Nelson wasn't on the list. I'm like, I'm like, how do you... Do, and Nelson the hairline. I work with y'all. Nelson I mean, was I work with both of y'all. Both of y'all have featured for me. So I'm like, dude, your list ain't complete if you ain't got these two people on. Man, Rob Ward went on there first. Rob got in because uh, Kim. Kim Whitley pushed Rob's name in the mix. And that's it. And Rob, that motherfucker. Like, I was so and happy Rob got on there. enjoy our first job in Hollywood. Wow. Because she, uh, we heard bumped heads when she was here recently. I kind of gave her a hard time because her crowd... 
they was uh, they you know they sorority and, and black frat. So I was fucking with them a little bit. They was fucking back, but I knew how to that crowd. I'm used to it. Like I know how they're aggressive, but I'm like I know enough to talk shit to y'all without making y'all upset. Just teasing. It's old head Kappa going back and forth with me, who's from the same city as me, same hometown, of same oh, part really? of Cleveland. So we go back. And forth. Oh no, we just knew of each other. We knew like we just fucking each other, just talking shit. And she, her manager heard it and thought we was like, I was bombing. I'm like, no, people was laughing at us going. It wasn't, trust me, this ain't the crowd for, they, they tell me get the fuck off or they be quiet or they, the, the table talk starts. I know that. And it was like, I'm like, man, yo, you don't know. You were wrong. And I'm like, yo, you're wrong. I'm, I'm okay with telling you you're wrong. You, were, <laughs> you didn't hear the whole situation. And Kim was like, well, yeah, what happened? I said, well, it's like, well I cut your time down if you want to hear. No. No, this not here. This is this home court. I, your crowd, my girls, a, a, AKA man. This is not a crowd. I don't understand. Like, right, right, right. It ain't like they're gonna be thrown off by the Cleveland crowd in Cleveland. <laughs> right. So I'm like, man, my favorite cities. Though I love, I love Cleveland. I love it make you if, if you soft, you ain't gonna make it. I know that much. I love that part about it. You get faster when you realize they will that when you hear that first little bit of roar on a bad joke, you. You don't react like you mad. You gotta turn your. You gotta make sure your confidence don't leave the room. Like your confidence, like your confidence, yeah, trying to do the, the homeless sense. We'll, we'll take a seat on your ass, but you got it. No, 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 stay right here, dog. I got it. I got it. Trust me. Yeah, that's one of the ideas, love. And plus, you meet a lot of comics to come through here. That's like guys, people I thought I would never meet. I would see on TV. You get in the Cleveland Improv, you realize, oh shit, this is a fucking resource more than anything. Like the yep. stage time is cool, but the actual conversations, the the connect, you know, yep. So, all right, man, let me get ready. I got another thing I got to do today. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this. Always a pleasure, bro. Yes, sir, man. See Peace out, Jeremy. (laughs) This episode of Friday Late Show was produced and edited by Jeremy Demery of Golden Ox Studios.